0: Well, hey there, my fabulous friends. Welcome to Mind Body Musings. This is your host, Madeline Moon. I just wrapped up this episode with Gala Darling. She has been someone recently introduced to me, someone who has made a profound impact in my life with her bubbly personality, her 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 not being afraid to be unique and to be different, to be someone who's obsessed with sparkles, but also like skeletons, to be someone that has lots of tattoos, but also likes to wear big furry pink jackets. She's just a really unique person. And I had a great time talking with her, getting to know her a little bit more and diving deeper into her book. Gala is an author, teacher, and speaker who has been teaching radical self-love a selection of powerful techniques and tools which help women transform their lives for close to a decade. Her site, Galadarling.com, helps a million women a month find their voice, live without fear, and fall in love with life. Born in New Zealand, ah... She moved to New York City with one suitcase when she was 24 years old and used radical self-love to heal from an eating disorder and depression. Gala has been called a spiritual revolutionary, the oracle of all things mystically glam, and a modern day guru. I love that, mystically glam. Her work has been featured in the New York Times, New Zealand Herald, Teen Vogue, New York Post, El Cosmopolitan, Time Out New York. Sydney Morning Herald, and countless others. She has been interviewed on CBS, ABC News, and Hay House Radio. Gala has spoken about radical self love and entrepreneurship at South by Southwest Interactive. TEDx, CMU, and a dozen of other events across the world, in addition to lecturing at NYU twice. A co-founder of the Blog Academy, she taught over 1,000 women how to build their businesses through their blogs on several continents. Gala has worn mouse ears in the Blue Lagoon. She's walked the runway at New York Fashion Week and once danced naked in front of strangers at a self-esteem workshop she believes in kale and crystals goal setting and gratitude kaleidoscopic color and kicking ass i love her bio Ah, it's so rich and awesome and so her i loved this episode and i know you're gonna love it too here is the review of the week and this comes from uh, weekly pep talk and they said yoga tour yoga tour with five stars. Maddie keeps it real on her weekly podcast. Her message of positivity, acceptance, and abundant love for oneself and others is applicable far beyond the world of fitness. I would recommend this podcast as a reboot for anyone that has ever used a computer, a computer, a computer, read a magazine, or watch TV. Thank you so much, weekly pep top. I really appreciate that. You're amazing. And um I am gra- I'm grateful. I'm really grateful for everyone that leaves a review. So, if you haven't left a review for the show, that's an easy way to support the show. Another way is to send an episode to a friend. So, today is all about self-love. If you know someone in your life, which aka is everyone, that could use a help a helping hand. Sorry, I'm having a hard time breathing. I just blew out a candle and all this smoke is coming in my face. If you know anyone that could use a helping hand with self-love, which is everyone, send them this episode. That's a great way to help the podcast for free. If you don't have time to write a review right now, just copy the link to this episode and say hey to a friend I think you'd like this episode on self-love with Gala Darling that would mean the world to me another way you can support the show is by going to patron and donating just as little as one dollar per episode if you find a lot of value from the podcast that's a great way to help me out is just to pay uh, to donate one dollar per episode and that helps me with my podcast fees because yes it does cost money to create a podcast And last but not least, I cannot forget to mention the amazing things going over in my world over here. And first of all, I want to talk about the Freedom Lounge, which is my group coaching program. It's only $57 a month and you're getting more than a $500 value with a coaching call with me, an exclusive interview, a book club of the month, which of course this month we're reading Radical Self Love by who? Gala Darling. And we're getting tons of insight. We're diving deeper into the book, doing a lot of the things together, a lot of assignments in the lounge that I give to all All of the participants come from the book this month, but more on my own that I've come up with that I know contribute a lot to self-love. There's a Facebook community. There is a video with me from me and a whole bunch of resources from around the web that I find very useful. So if you'd like to join the Freedom Lounge, you can do that by going to thefreedomlounge.com. You can also sign up for the amazing, magical, limiting, belief shattering Heart opening event coming up in January with Amanda Duran and me here in Boulder, Colorado. January 14th and 15th, we are going to be hosting an event called More Than This. It's two full days, morning till night. Um, It's going to be packed full of workshops lessons magical beautiful inspirational talks i'm so excited for this event if your heart has been saying hmm, i need a reboot i need something more i need to be pushed i need to be driven i just need something fun i need a vacation i need a trip i need something for me then this is it go to more than this to sign up We would love to have you there and there's also an option to have an intimate dinner with me and Amanda at my home and I'd love to have you at that if you would like to join and there's also another option where you can get a coaching session up to an hour with um, me and one with Amanda so we'll get two coaching sessions so that's a great deal as well. We would love to have you there. Sign up soon so you can get off work, so you can book your tickets over to Boulder. You'll fly into Denver, though. Um, And it's going to be an exceptional time, and I really can't wait to to meet you and to have this beautiful gathering of like-minded women. So... That's all I have to share for today. As always, if you want to take your journey even deeper, if you want to shatter the things holding you back in life, the blocks you have, you can apply for my one-on-one coaching. I am accepting one new client. My practice for one-on-one coaching is um, almost full. So if you would like to fill that last spot, you can do that by going to uh, the coaching page on my website, mattymooncom slash coaching and applying below where it says apply now so you can apply for my my coaching there and I work with people for six months at a time there is an interview process so I will set up a call to interview you to see if you would be a good fit for me and then we'll go from there I, I would love to see how I can serve you further and if that doesn't work out then there's always the Freedom Lounge which is another great place to have that same coaching that you desire and the freedom that you're craving so I'd love to see you there thanks everyone for listening to these announcements these updates as always, we have a great interview ahead of us with Gala. I have been watching her from afar all the way here in Boulder, but with the beautiful power of Instagram, I can keep up with all these people that I want to interview. So it's been fun to follow her journey, to read her book, and now to talk to her. So enjoy this interview.
1: Welcome to the Mind Body Musings Podcast.
0: Hey everyone! Welcome back to episode 125 of the podcast. I'm here with the inspirational, beautiful Gala Darling, who I have been—can I say—obsessing over lately? I've been obs- I've been obsessing over you. You're just one of those like cool people I find that I'm like, what is she doing? What is she doing? Like, what is she wearing today? Like, what does she look like today? It's just like this really fun thing that happens when I get on Instagram and I'm just like, I wonder what Gala's is up to. And it doesn't happen that often when I find something that someone that really, something, someone that really intrigues me, but you really intrigue me. So thank you for coming on the
1: podcast. Of course. It's my pleasure. And it's very nice to hear. Thank you.
0: I just finished uh, reading your book. And like I was telling you before this call, we're reading it in the Freedom Lounge this month. And I love your book because you encompass so many different aspects and angles of self-love. I think a lot of times people try to explain self-love just as self-care. It's like self-love, mm-hmm. it's candles and bubble baths, right? Like, mm-hmm. But we're missing so many other pieces and you go into detail even beyond what I just talked about, but into how having good uh, girlfriend relationships is self-love and letting go of the people who are no longer serving you. And you bring up changing your name and you bring up um, manifestation and all the fun things you can do with yourself and how to treat yourself. And I think you did an excellent job at encompassing all the different aspects of self-love, not leaving anything out. So thank you for creating this powerhouse of a book.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Madeline. That's very sweet. I mean, That's the thing. I get really annoyed when people think that self-love is just taking a bubble bath. What the fuck is that going (laughs) to achieve? Honestly, nothing. It's not going to help you. It might make you feel good for two seconds, but if your relationship is still a disaster and you're not looking after your body and you hate your job, a bubble bath isn't going to solve anything. So the reason why I call it radical self-love is because it really requires a lot of work. It's hard to look at yourself honestly and then make changes. And I think anyone who gives it a shot should be commended. It is hard work. Mm-hmm. And most people are not brave enough to do it.
0: Yeah. Would you say that most people are walking around almost like blindly, like to what the potential they have to have a relationship with themselves instead of mm-hmm. like, because it's, it's interesting being in this self development world where we're like me and you and a lot of people that probably listen to this podcast, we're so into the world. We forget that there is an outside world where people don't read personal development books, don't work on their relationship with themselves, don't go to conferences Mm -hmm. and have coaches and all this. Would you say that the majority of people are kind of walking around without this in their lives?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think the majority of people are walking around blind to most things. They're completely unaware of what's really going on in the world. They exist in a, you know, a self-serving bubble, and they're really not interested in doing anything that's difficult or that would, like, you know, really pay dividends. They're kind of just barely living, and that is my idea of hell. I can't think of anything worse than being one of those people. Mm-hmm. But we're really lucky. Like anyone that's listening to this is someone who has an interest in self-development, and all you need is that little spark of interest. And then there's so much information that you can apply and that is out there that you can then use to change your life. Um, as long as you have the willingness and you can do anything you want to do.
0: Right. Yeah, I find it a little bit challenging sometimes. I don't know about you, but I find it hard when I'm surrounded by people who are not in that space. Like, mm-hmm. it's awesome. I'm sure in New York, you're around a lot of people who are and are not. In mm-hmm. Boulder, I really am around a lot of people who are in this world and and want to Mm -hmm. work on the relationship with themselves are all yogis and in love with life. And it's beautiful to watch, to be around, to be surrounded by so many people like that. But then of course Mm -hmm. there are like family members or old friends or people that are still in my lives that are not at all into it. And it's interesting to learn how to, be that light for them to show them, like, mm-hmm. what's possible, how you can have compassion for yourself and you can grow mm-hmm. and you can change. It's all possible, <laughs> but without having to, like, control them or, like, ah,
1: change, you know? Totally. And I think also on the flip side, you know, there's a lot of us in the self development world that take everything way too seriously. And we can certainly learn a lot from people who are not so. I don't know if navel-gazing is the word, but there's a lot of people who just are out there to have a good time, and we can learn a lot from those people too.
0: Absolutely, like kids. <clears throat> kids yep, are a totally. great example and older people i think uh the elderly or you know people who've lived a lot of life can give you a lot of perspective on what what's important and what's not don't stress Absolutely. over certain things so before we get too far ahead of ourselves <coughs> the first thing i always want to do on the show is talk about your background your story tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about how you got to where you are today
1: sure so I grew up in New Zealand, um, and when I was in my teens and my early 20s, I really struggled with depression, um, self-mutilation, and then eventually an eating disorder. And when I was 22, I discovered this technique called tapping, which is also known as EFT. And it's basically acupressure combined with positive psychology. And it really helps you get to the root of your issues. So using that, I was able to dismantle my depression and my eating disorder. And once that happened, it was kind of like that moment in The Wizard of Oz when it turns from black and white to technicolor. And the world was immediately so beautiful, and I couldn't understand how I hadn't been able to see that before. And I've really been making up for lost time ever since, I think. But once I realized that, I started studying happiness and what does that mean, and what does it mean to create a life that makes you feel really good every day. And so I've been writing about that for the past 10 years on my blog. And my first book, Radical Self-Love, A Guide to Loving Yourself and Living Your Dreams, came out in February. Uh, it was published by Hay House. And so that was really the culmination of kind of all that study I'd been doing. And like you were saying, you know, my book encompasses so many different things because I've been looking at it for such a long time and realizing that, you know, radical self-love is not just one standalone piece of your life. It's really everything working together. Everything is connected.
0: So tapping. Let's talk about <clears throat> tapping for a minute because I've heard about it a few times. I've studied about it, but it's something that I haven't really engaged in much myself, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I Googled uh gala darling tapping and I found this video of you from like forever ago. Oh
1: my God. Yes. Where I have purple hair and my ex is really strong and I'm barely even, I'm like mumbling to the camera. It is like me in a former life.
0: It was cool though because I, like, I could see, I, I saw that and I was like, wow, she's come such a long way because now you talk, you know, you're very, um, loud in your speech and you're you, you know exactly what you want to say and you say it strongly and back then you can see in this video that you're like, I don't know if anyone's gonna watch this, but I'm gonna share it anyways and like, here I go. Yep. And it <laughs> reminds me of my videos, because my videos now are much more uh boisterous or just like I'm more assertive in my speech. But when mm-hmm. I look at videos back then, I'm like um. but i think it's cool to keep it up because then you can like people can see that and i don't know i, I it, it makes it very relatable because it's like yep yeah i've been there i've done that and it was a cool video like you were great about talking about tapping i loved <laughs> <Thanks>. it um
1: <laughs> but yeah i think it's good for people to see that there's been a progression like you mm-hmm. know you don't just emerge from the womb as a fully formed person and even now i know that when i look back at interviews from this year i'm gonna be like oh jesus um, because I will be so much more polished or more evolved in my thinking or whatever, but that's always it's always how it goes.
0: In I well, I, I absolutely agree. But um, in your book, you talk about um, like when you did tapping the first time you did tapping, mm-hmm. you did it one night and the next day all food issues were gone. Yeah, how, like what? Like after one time, I know. all food. I know that sounds like magic for sure.
1: I know and that's the, it's really crazy to me and I still I still kind of can't believe that that's how it happened because our brain tells us that you know if you have a problem you have to really work at it and it's difficult and um you know this is something that will require so much effort or so much therapy or medication or whatever that's what we've kind of been trained to think and so the idea that you can dismantle something that really was crippling in an evening is very hard to accept but that's my experience.
0: Do you think that what – what is the what is the beautiful thing behind tapping? Do you think that there is a, a – like I guess a placebo effect of it?
1: I don't think so. That's what I thought when I first heard about it. And that's why the first time I ever tested it, I used it on my getting asthma every morning. Um, and I thought like there's no way that there can be a placebo effect on your lungs working better. Like that that doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think what it really is 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 that you're i think there's definitely something to do with the points that you're pressing on your body. I think somehow those help you to be more connected to yourself when you're talking about the issue and I think that you know it's when you're really in my in my example, you know when I was dealing with my eating disorder, I was standing in front of the mirror looking in my eyes talking about this problem, which is something I had not done before. And I think, you know, the combination of using those pressure points, um, saying that you deeply and completely love, accept, and forgive yourself. And also, you know, looking in your eyes while you really talk about how you feel and why you feel that way. Um, it's very, very powerful.
0: Would you mind taking us through it? Just a little tiny, brief overview on how exactly to tap. I know we can't see you, but um, just being able to hear it might help people have a better understanding.
1: Sure. So people think that they don't really understand what tapping is. It literally is just tapping on your body. So you take two fingers, usually your index finger and your middle finger on, I don't know, it depends on what hand, but your right hand, and you use those to press on various points on your body. So the first point that you use is when you look at your hand, palm facing you, and you have your thumb, say, on the left, and then there's like the fleshy part of your hand that stems down from your little finger – that's called the karate chop point, And that's the first place that you tap. So you use the other hand with those two fingers to just press on that point, And what that does is that's kind of the setup point. So that's where you tap while you talk about what you want to tap on. And sometimes it takes you a little while to really tune into the problem or figure out exactly what you want to talk about. Because it, the other thing with tapping is that, The best way to get results is to be very, very specific about the issue. You don't want to talk about everything. Like if you have anxiety, for example, you don't want to talk about anxiety generally. You want to talk about the one occasion that triggers your anxiety most. So maybe it's like, I don't know, talking to your boss or something. So you tap on this karate chop point while you talk about the problem. And you can say whatever you want really um, tapping is very free form. You can do whatever suits you, but you just talk about how you feel when you see your boss, what it makes you feel like um, or whatever. And then once you feel like you're really tuned into the problem and you're focused, and sometimes you'll get kind of a signal that that's happened. Like if your eyes start to water or you start yawning um, or you get really thirsty, those can be signs that you're really tuned into the problem. And then you move into the actual tapping itself. So there's a few different points. There's the top of your head. There's the start of your eyebrow, the outside side of your eye, like on your temple, underneath your eye, underneath your nose, underneath your mouth, your collarbone, um, and then your rib cage, and then the sides of your, uh, just under your armpit on the sides of your torso, and then your wrists. And so that's like one full round of tapping.
0: Very cool. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. do you? So, I'm assuming this is something that has changed your life drastically and mm-hmm. it's something that you still do today.
1: It is. I don't use it as often as I used to. Um, and it's really interesting. I feel like with tapping, it's really easy to forget that it exists as a solution. Um, even though I've been using it for such a long time, whenever I have a problem, I'm like, hmm, how should I deal with this? Should I like meditate on it? Should I talk to someone? Tapping is usually the last thing I think of, and I don't know why that is. It's always like that.
0: That's so um, interesting.
1: It's really interesting. And the other thing is when you tap on an issue, it's really common to forget that you tapped on it at all. And you forget that it was ever even an issue, which is why... Um, people recommend like, um, tapping practitioners recommend that you write down a list of the stuff that you tap on and you cross it off as you go. So you actually have a record because it's very easy to forget like, oh my God, I used to be allergic to cats. For example, that's the thing that I used to have. I used to be allergic to cats. I tapped on it. Now I'm not allergic to cats anymore. So I always kind of forget that, that that's not a thing anymore.
0: And for people listening, your story of it happening overnight, becoming asthma-free overnight, that's not mm. something that happens for everyone. Sometimes it takes multiple times tapping on something, right? Or
1: Sometimes it does. Mm. Yeah. And it really depends on the issue. Some issues I've been able to clear really quickly and others have taken me a lot longer or I've had to use tapping in conjunction with something else. Um, so really your mileage will vary. Um, and I'm not sure what it is that works versus not working. Um, but it's definitely worth trying on anything that you're really struggling with. I think it's a really tremendous tool. I
0: love it. I love it. And in case anyone ever wants to watch you, just, just YouTube, it. <laughs> YouTuber, yeah. you'll find yep. it. It's great. Um, okay. So another thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, I really, I really enjoyed reading about your perspective on being cynical and being mm. sarcastic. Yeah. Do you, first of all, I, I just, I'm just curious, do you find yourself, is it difficult sometimes for you to be around people who are cynical and sarcastic?
1: Yeah, because um, I recognize my old self in them and it's, it's not something I really enjoy being around. Uh, I don't really spend a lot of time around cynical people at all, actually. Um, I don't find their company enjoyable and I find them sort of closed down to... What's possible, and I only want to be around people who can see the best in others and can see the potential in life. So I don't really spend a lot of time around people like that.
0: What do you think it is about sarcasm? Why do people use that? Is it a deflection? Of is it an insecurity? I don't. I think it's
1: yeah. I think it's both of those things, and I think also um, there's a lot of sort of repressed anger that comes out as sarcasm. And that's ugly. Just deal with your stuff. Don't mask it with fake, I don't know, sarcastic jokes. I find that really off-putting.
0: <laughs> How did you begin to shed that? Did you – were you – because you used to be sarcastic, right? And, mm-hmm. and cynical. And then you began to change your life, obviously. Mm-hmm. You started tapping and mm-hmm. opening your up to, your eyes to – beautiful things and pink and wearing jeans and all these awesome things. Right. Um, So whenever you did have moments where you spoke sarcastically, did you ask yourself, did you get curious? Why am I doing this? What could I have said differently? Is that what your process looked like?
1: Um, Well, I think a lot of that stuff really fell away when I, like you said, when I started tapping on things. And then I guess the next piece of the puzzle was that I started to think really carefully about my language and the words that I used and what I said to other people um, and my father was actually the person that brought that to my attention. I was with a boyfriend, and we were hanging out with my father, I think, and he and I were kind of like playing around, like being kind of like fake mean to each other. And my father said, like, don't say things like that to each other because it ends up being a real thing. You're just mm-hmm. going to build resentment in your relationship, so just say what you actually mean to each other. And I've always thought that was a really important point. And so I think once he said that I really started to think like what am I saying and what is that really creating in my life? Because I think that our words are very powerful tools and and the words that we use create our reality. So when we're using them carelessly or we're saying things that we don't really want or don't really mean, we're really just creating a confusing reality for ourselves. So the easiest thing, honestly, is just to say things that you truly feel and mean, and then everything's in alignment and your life is much easier.
0: That's a really great point. And what's interesting as you're talking, I'm thinking about, I've had, I've dated a lot of people who were sarcastic and Mm I think there is some element to that where I probably was attracting that because that's how I was feeling. Right. And so I was attracting people who were speaking in that way and also putting me down and making me feel stupid like all the Mm -hmm. time. And that was mostly, that's not anymore, fortunately, but in college that would happen. And that of course was when I was in my eating disorder and all this, all this stuff right my past and now i too am pretty hypersensitive to it whenever i hear people being very sarcastic it doesn't feel very good Mm. or especially people who are being cynical the thing that really even more than those things that i cannot really be around is people who talk about people there's the Mm. quote about how um, small minds talk about people um I really wish I could say it correctly. It's a beautiful quote. Average
1: minds talk about events and great minds talk about ideas. Yes,
0: yes. I love that quote too. Spot on. So, so good. Spot Mm -hmm. on, that's it. So, um, small minds talking about people. And like, of course, I talk about people. I'm talking about you. I love you. I love Tony Robbins. I love all these people. But people Mm -hmm. who are like judging others for what's in their grocery cart or shaming the guy that has a big truck. He must be insecure. Like, I cannot stand... Having, being around conversations around other people being judgmental and making these assumptions. That's something that I am extremely sensitive to. So I have to make sure that I am not around that kind of talk often because I don't resonate with it. It bothers me. And that's, that's part of my self love is realizing what conversations don't serve me anymore. And mm. if I have to let go of people in my life who consistently find a way to talk about other people on the street or, or, you know, just random people that were at a party. Just it's not interesting to me. And it makes me feel dirty when that happens.
1: It's just really low vibe. It doesn't feel good to be around that. And you know, what I have discovered or what I'm learning is that people who are judging other people are really just deflecting the judgment they feel about themselves. It's really about them. And it's the stuff that they don't want to look at. Mm -hmm. Yep, I couldn't agree more. And it's really, it's really ugly. It's really ugly. And I mean, who are we to think that we know better than anybody else? Like, it's so ridiculous and far fetched. Like, why would you, how could you possibly think that? Um, You know, I feel like when we're talking about how someone else is dressed or how they did this or that. Really, we're just trying to seek that temporary relief from our own inner torment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, really, I've been thinking a lot about this is how we try to escape our pain. And as humans, we're constantly trying to avoid our pain. And being judgmental and talking shit about other people is a very common way of doing that. People love to do it. And it, it bonds people together, too. They're all trying to escape their pain in the same way at the same moment together.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was recently taking a hike with someone and somehow we started talking about Instagram and selfies. Mm -hmm. And this guy that I was hiking with was like, I hate it when girls post selfies. I can't stand it. And I'm kind of of the mindset where like, first of all, I don't care what people do like at all. But I'm also of like, I I said to him, well, you know, I think it's like actually kind of cool because we're lacking uh, our society for the most part is lacking this element of self celebration. And I think selfies are a simple way to look at yourself, see yourself in a beautiful light, post it, share it. And then Mm -hmm. he started talking about, well, it's narcissism and they're just doing it because they're insecure and they're trying to get likes. And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe they are insecure and they're trying to get likes, But like, why is that up to us to judge and say that we hate that? Maybe that actually helps them or as part of their journey. I just don't Mm. get it. Why Mm. waste your life focusing on hating how someone is living their life?
1: Well, you know, people who talk about things like that are only ever reacting from their own history and their own pain points. So to me, it sounds like maybe he's been rejected by pretty girls in the past and that upsets him. And so seeing that kind of thrust in his face reminds him of that every time. And that's why it bothers him. Or maybe it's because he doesn't have the confidence to feel good about himself or he's not, he doesn't feel like if he, you know, he doesn't want to take photos of himself or whatever. Like that's his stuff. It literally has nothing to do with these other people. And who gives a shit what other people do with their time or their Instagram account? Like, if you don't like it, then don't follow it. It's not hurting anybody.
0: And it doesn't say anything about that particular person. All it does is say something about you. Mm-hmm. And you cannot tell if someone's taking a picture because they're dying for likes or if they just really love right. their lipstick and their makeup that day. Like, you don't right. know. You're making your assumptions and judging that person based on right. that. And you're uh, you're a proponent of selfies, right? Like, you're all about it. Yeah. Them.
1: Radical selfie love, holla back. I love it. I think it's great. And you know, I think um, if you look at a picture of someone or that you follow a girl on Instagram or something and she does a lot of selfies and it makes you feel bad about yourself, you really have to look at yourself and say, why does this make me feel bad? Because it's not about her behavior. She's just triggering something in you. Why does that make you feel shitty? Do you wish you had the confidence she has? Do you wish that you had the body that she has? And why is that? And, you know, what could you do about that? How can you change to feel better about yourself? What would that require? These are hard questions to ask yourself. But unless you ask them, you're always going to be in that place of jealousy, insecurity, judgment, you know, you're just being triggered all the time. And that sense of, you know, really self contemplation is so important. Otherwise, we're just running around being triggered all the time. It's like being a pinball in a pinball machine, just like bouncing off little things that light us up all the time. That's no way to live. It's just pure reaction. And you don't want to be in that state, you're never going to create anything worthwhile when all you're doing is reacting to the pain that is being brought up inside you.
0: You're definitely someone who I feel has gained a really good grasp on being true to yourself, which I think is great. And I think that's because you've had the low point of not being true to yourself. So you know how you don't want to be on that end of the spectrum and you want to be as true to yourself as possible. One of the very interesting things, well, actually the first Time I ever heard of you. I forgot who I was talking with, but I was talking with someone about um, self-love and controversy, and they brought up you getting a boob job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, I don't know who this wonderful person is. <laughs> I need to find <laughs> out who she is because I thought that was so well awesome, cool, and a great topic. Something really interesting to talk about. Because whoever I was speaking with, I wish I could remember who it was. Probably someone you've been on their podcast was telling me that. Mm. Um, there was a conversation happening around and I must have missed that, but you are this self-love queen proponent, um, speaker on this topic and you get a poop job. Oh, and Mm -hmm. then everyone goes, what? Mm -hmm. It's like, why would she do that? Now you, you go ahead and just talk and explain what was going through your mind. Why did you do this for yourself and how does it feel?
1: Well, it feels amazing. Um, I think it's some of the best money I ever spent Um, I did it because I wanted to, Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's been a totally positive experience for me, and I did have some people who were critical. I knew they would be, but I've also had so many women who emailed me or messaged me or even commented publicly and said, you know, this is something I've thought about doing as well, or, um you know, I've had surgery or I've had this enhancement done and I've always felt so shameful about it. And I recognize now that it doesn't matter what anyone thinks about it because it's my body. And I think that's the thing that is really, I mean, we can see this in the political climate right now. Women are being told that our bodies are not our own, that other people have the right to do whatever they want to us, that they can say whatever they like about us and that they can judge us however they want. And it's fucking bullshit why do they have the right to do or say or judge our bodies? Our bodies are not up for debate. It's really the whole the whole thing to me. And I think a lot of people were confused about why I would get something done or they thought that in order for me to get a boob job, I must have hated my body previously. I never hated my body. I was just like, you know what would be fun? Tits. That would be awesome. (laughs) And so that's what I did. And... I'm, I guess I'm like a semi-impulsive person. I started thinking about it in about July. Um, I had a consultation in September. I got it done in November on RuPaul's birthday, which was not a coincidence. I thought like, this is a good way to commemorate RuPaul's birthday. Um, and yeah, the, you know, I really hadn't even started thinking about it until that summer. And so it happened very quickly and I don't regret it for a second. I feel so good in my body. It's completely changed my posture. It's changed how I relate to people. Um, and that's just like with anything. It's just like when you put on a great outfit and you feel really good in it, it changes the way that you interact with the world. And the same has happened with me. I feel so good in my body now. And that's not to say that I didn't before because I did. Um, and I've always taken care of my body. Like I work out, I eat really healthy, all those things. Um, to me, it's just like another way of decorating your body. Like I don't think it's self-hatred to wear makeup or to wear high heels. If it makes you feel good, then do whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. There's this conversation happening around like wearing makeup and changing your clothes. And it's like, that's great. That's fine. But when it comes to changing your physical body, there's all these, oh, well, it must be because of this reason, all these assumptions, but right. it really isn't that much different than just doing something else that makes you feel expressive and it's, yeah, fun. It's really-
1: it's really not. And a few years ago, I got Invisalign and I got my teeth straightened. And that completely changed things for me. You know, previously I was too shy to wear lipstick because I didn't want to draw attention to my teeth. I wouldn't really smile at people. Um, I would always cover my mouth when I laughed. And now that my teeth are straight, I smile. I'm much more outgoing. I don't have that sense of like, you know, slight embarrassment about how my teeth look. And sure, maybe in a perfect world, I would be 100% accepting of my teeth being crooked. But if you can change it and it makes you happy to change it, then change it. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares?
0: And I think you're a great example for people. I really do because I don't think I, – I just think you're opening up people's eyes and to, to see it in this different light. And I think that's very important as we live in this culture where – people are telling women, well, you have to look perfect. You have to look this way. And then some people take action. They change what, how they look or dress differently or wear differently. And then it's like, well, you're just trying too hard. You didn't like yourself. You don't have self-love. It's like, okay, first of all, can we ever win? No. (laughs) Second of all, it just, since we can't win in this world as of right now, just do what you want to do. Okay. Like just do what you want to do. Forget what people are saying or commenting or judging because they're going to judge no matter what, whether you stay the way you are or you change, you're going to get judged Absolutely.
1: And as long as you're doing it for you and you're not doing it for some like abusive partner or, you know, because you think you're going to get a better job or like whatever it is, if you're like having that standard imposed on you, then that's clearly a problem. But if you're just doing something for the joy of it, then just do it for the joy of it. And the other thing that I'm acutely aware of is that it's not my responsibility to tell people how to live. All I can do is do what makes me happy and hope to lead by example. And I'm not saying everybody should get surgery. Everybody should get their teeth straightened. Like, do you. I don't care what you do as long as it makes you happy. That's it.
0: Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate goal is the happiness. Yeah. Yeah. One of the issues that I have, and this is kind of changing gears a little bit, but like, okay, Mm. combining. So you're always, whenever I see you on Instagram or on your blog, you you dress very adorably and you wear makeup (laughs) and you express yourself. I've always had this issue with, Getting, I mean, ever since I read your book, I've been taking more effort to like get ready. Honestly, mm. seriously, I'm wearing pink lipstick right now and I'm just in my house oh. by myself, and I love it. It feels really good. Yeah.
1: Good. Good. And I, I, I really my- feel like I'm a, I write better when I have red lipstick on. I don't know why, but it makes me a better writer.
0: Yeah. And I, I never, ever used to wear pink lipstick, but I had mm-hmm. these two pink lipsticks that just been sitting on my counter and I was like, I'll put them on. And I actually love them. Oh, good. Um, and i've realized more about my own sense of fashion like i love stripes with everything and i've always kind of been like i can only have a few yeah. stripe things but i'm like i've been buying a lot of striped stuff recently because i love stripes and it feels so stripes good are the
1: shit i love stripes oh, oh my god i have so much stripy clothing
0: amazing i have like this big stripe rug i'm wearing a stripe shirt right now i bought like three stripe <laughs> shirts like this past couple weeks i just was like i'm gonna celebrate my love for stripes yeah. um, and I, I i dress pretty simply i'm very minimalistic so like being able to have my staples that I love and then wear different lipsticks or, um, some days wear yoga pants or wear jeans. Like it's been fun for me to be able to mix up my already pretty minimalistic style Mm -hmm. and see how I can change it around. Um, but the thing that has always gotten in the way for me is when, and I'm sure you can relate to this working for yourself, but like working out Mm -hmm. and combining like sometimes this was my problem. I would always be like, I'm going to put on makeup. And then I'm like, but I'm going to go work out around noon. So like, why? So then I won't. And then I'll do hot yoga or whatever around noon. I'll get out around one, have lunch by two o'clock. I'm like, well, I don't have any functions or anything going on today. So like, why put on makeup? And then Mm -hmm. I'll just shower and leave like myself. And I'll get into that rut where I never, get dolled up even though getting dolled up makes me feel good so Mm -hmm. how do you just like apply makeup (laughs) this is kind of weird conversation but i'm just curious do you apply makeup like twice a day or like do you try to schedule your workout around (laughs) getting dolled up or like you combine the two and then shower and then like keep your face on i don't know
1: (laughs) um okay so here is my standard day uh i wake up early Um, I do a little bit of work, then I jump in the shower, I do my face, I blow dry my I have to wash my hair every day or it gets really greasy, which is like the bane of my existence. But I have to wash and blow dry my hair and do my face and put on an outfit and then I keep working. And my days really vary, but there's usually like a couple of meetings in the middle of the day, there might be a podcast interview or a video interview or something like that. So I need to be presentable regardless. And then when I go and work out, I usually do it around 5 p.m., So, by then, I mean, I have my face on. I'm not taking it off to go to the gym. Um, And I also don't do like a really intense cardio workout. Most of my stuff is more like a body weight or strength training. So, I don't need to, I mean, I'm not like sweating buckets and I'm not a super sweaty person anyway. Um, So, I go to the gym with full face on. I come back to the house afterwards. I take a shower um, and then like, you know, have dinner, do whatever I'm doing that night. But I really only do the makeup once and I do the hair once and I shower twice. Um, but it's really funny that you bring that up because my boyfriend and I just started this thing called Bad Witch Workout. I don't know if you've heard about it, um, but it's a workout for women who are like, you know what? I want to wear winged eyeliner to the gym and I want to bring my own style to fitness and to working out. And yeah, we're in the middle of that right now and it's so much fun.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes, I've seen that. and you can You can sign up for that whenever, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So we have a free seven-day challenge that you can take where we give you you know, motivational videos and emails. You get three workouts. You get a whole bunch of – I recorded a video on how to incorporate your radical self-love practice into fitness and how to kind of reframe fitness as well, especially for people who have a history of eating disorders or body image issues. Sometimes we think of fitness as like a way of punishing ourselves for not looking the way we wanted to look but i'm trying to help people reframe that because it's really powerful when you do um and so yeah you can sign up for it anytime the website is badwitchworkout.org
0: awesome yeah i think that's so cool i have to sign up for that as well because you like i i loved watching you like what did you went to like the gym in a cat suit mhm <laughs> i thought that was amazing
1: Yeah, I was like, this is awesome. Like, why not make it fun? And for me, like, everybody has different motivations to go to the gym or different things that keep them motivated at the gym. And if I look at myself in the mirror and I'm wearing a cute outfit, it just inspires me to go harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't feel as good about it. I wouldn't feel as, like, strengthened if I was just wearing, like, baggy sweatpants and, like, a huge T-shirt. Like, that doesn't inspire me to work harder. For some people, it's fine but for me, I need to feel like I'm in like a power outfit.
0: To be honest, I really, I still can't really go to the gym. I try, I've tried over the past like three years, I'll go back, Mm -hmm. but I fall into the same similar patterns and habits where I'll go Mm -hmm. and then it becomes, I, I have to go. And then I stop saying yes to going out and then I get stricter with my food. And then I look in the mirror in a negative way. It's just like when Mm -hmm. I choose that, I'm also choosing a whole string of other things. And I believe there's a lot of power in the mind where I could change my mindset and make it work for me, not against me, but I have. Mm. And it really, it's not the right time. Like, it's really not a good place for me. I'm not sure. I think because I used to be a fitness competitor, right and i was in there twice a day for 4 years and on the mm-hmm. you know the stage and all that and the it's just so closely tied to all that i didn't like that was going on which makes me sad because mm. i watch people like you go and other people who are really enjoying it and and having fun with it and it's just at least right now in my life, it's not that place where I feel like I get fueled up for the rest of the day. Mm. I kind of get brought down, but I will say for me, the thing that has come into my life that has changed me and lifted me up and stretched me and brought so much joy is hot yoga. Mm -hmm. I love it. It has done exactly that for me, but I, I do core power, which I know some people are like, Oh, it's corporate, blah, blah. But my experience with core power has been Amazing! It's the one thing I've ever done. I feel like brings nothing but joy, and I only do it because I love it. I don't do it because I have to, or this or that. And mm-hmm. and that's that's what you get from when you're going to the gym and other people when they go for a run or swim, whatever it may be. You have to find that thing that really brings you joy. And for me, I have to also dress cute. I want to wear I want to wear my cute yoga clothes that I feel good in, and I push mm-hmm. myself harder to do different poses and yeah. go deeper. Um, yeah. so yeah, that's, that's been that thing for me, but one day I think in my future I will, and I, it's not to say that I don't go, I have like an apartment gym and sometimes I will go down if I feel like doing some shoulder stuff. Cause I love working on my shoulders. I mm-hmm. just, there's a fine line for me and it's kind of annoying, but I know that about me. I've accepted that about me and, yeah. and, and, and that's okay. I love me however I am.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, the gym can be a really triggering place for a lot of people, especially like if you have a history of eating disorders or whatever, it can be a place that you really just connect with, oh, I go there because I'm disgusting Mm -hmm. or like I have to like lose weight or whatever. Um, I mean, Bad Witch Workout is all body weight and it's all exercise you can just do at home. So you don't have to go to a gym if you don't want to. Um, And it's, you know, there are challenging workouts, but it's a really chill kind of atmosphere. Like you're doing it in your home. And you're connecting with other people who want to feel good in their body, too. And, um, yeah, it's interesting, like, watching the women participate in it because a lot of them are saying things like, um, you know, I'm not trying to lose weight or anything. I just want to feel really good about my body before I get tattoos and stuff like that. So their motivations are really different. And I think being around people who have a much more healthy view about fitness really rubs off on you, too.
0: Yeah, that's really cool, doing it for the tattoos. I love that. Isn't that that awesome? (laughs) I was like, damn, you are badass. That is so cool. That is so neat. And tattoos, you're still still accumulating them, right?
1: I am. I am. I didn't have any for a few years. I got one at the start of the year on my wrist, and I just found like two others that I'm about to get. So it's probably... I always feel like when it gets colder, I want to get tattoos. I guess it's just like... I don't know if for some reason you just want to accumulate stuff over the winter. Yes. Uh, <laughs> layers, yes. layers of ink. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, probably by this time next year, I'll have a couple of new ones.
0: Do you have a sleeve?
1: Mm, I have two half sleeves.
0: Okay. Is that, is that stressful? Like to create that and design that or like, cause you have to have everything kind of flow, right?
1: You have to have everything kind of flow, but, you know, you take an idea to an artist and they'll really draw something up for you. Usually it's not totally your responsibility. Like you go to them with some ideas and they'll present you with an option, you know?
0: Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And you, I'm assuming you have your favorite artists.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I used to have an artist that I went to all the time, but he moved to another state, so... I probably I need to find somebody else. And there's a there's a couple of people who are great, but one of them lives in like Mexico City, and one of them lives in LA, and she's constantly booked up. So it's tricky. Maybe Mm. I should just do like a tattoo world tour. That'd be so fun.
0: Oh my gosh, yes! And then meet people like fans across the way, and they'll come and get a tattoo with you.
1: (laughs) Right, that would be amazing. That'd be so cool.
0: All right, well. That is, I still have like a million more questions, but I'll have to have you on again. Um, okay. cause it's just so much fun, but we do have a quick fire around if you're ready for that. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Number one, three words to describe you.
1: Um, neon, psychedelic, enthusiastic. If
0: you could live anywhere in the world besides where you live right now, where would it be?
1: Mm, Full time? Yes. Who? Um, maybe Berlin.
0: Oh,
1: I love Berlin.
0: I'm going there. I'm so excited.
1: Oh, you'll love it. It's the coolest city. I'm
0: going. The coolest city. February or the end of January.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It'll be cold as hell, but you'll have the best time.
0: Yeah, I'm getting ready for that. But fortunately, since I am from a cold place, I kind of like I'm, I'm prepared. I'd be yeah, cold no matter, where, no matter where I would be. <laughs> um, what did you eat for breakfast?
1: This morning I had um, an English muffin toasted with scrambled eggs and turkey bacon.
0: Ooh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. What's your morning routine like?
1: Morning routine, wake up with my boyfriend, depending on how tired I am, either go back to sleep or get up and start working. <laughs> Uh, work, 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 make some coffee, make some breakfast, work, 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 work. That takes us to about noon. Yeah, that's good.
0: Yep. And you also ask your, um, wait, is he your husband or your boyfriend? He's my boyfriend. He's your boyfriend. Um, y'all are so cute by the way. Um, Oh, thanks. (laughs) Do you ask him like, y'all do a gratitude practice?
1: We do sometimes. It really, we used to do a periscope every day, which was um, we would broadcast live for like 30 minutes, and he and I would both say like what we were grateful for, and then we would ask the audience what they were grateful for. It was so fun. Um, And it really was good for our relationship too, because when you just are spending that time focusing on what makes you happy, like it really transforms everything. I really strongly believe in a gratitude practice.
0: I love it. Mm -hmm. What's one of your favorite clothing brands?
1: Hmm. I'm totally drawing a blank right now. That's insane. What do I have a lot of stuff from? Um, how is it that I can't think of any answers to this right now? That's okay. I don't know, man. I just bought this is really random. J. Crew collection it has this like pink faux fur coat, which is like all I ever wanted in my life and it's it makes me so happy right now.
0: I I saw a picture with it. It's it's pretty awesome.
1: Dude, it's unreal. I feel like, I don't know, like a badass like mob wife or something in it. But like, I don't know, a mob wife from Candyland.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, that is exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. um, what is your biggest turn on in a partner? Be mm. Anything. Ambition. Oh, that's actually mine.
1: It's so hot. Yes. And if you don't have ambition, I am not. I can't get down with you.
0: Oh, I love that. Every time someone asks me that question, I always say ambition because like with ambition comes along all these other things. It's like, as long Mm -hmm. as you have ambition, even I don't care really what you're doing as long as you're passionate about it.
1: Passion is hot.
0: Mm, Yeah, it is. Um, what are, who are three people you would invite to a perfect dinner party? Alive or dead? Alive or dead. Yes.
1: Okay. Um, hmm. I'm like looking around my apartment to get ideas. Um probably Hunter S. Thompson cuz he was mental and lived in Boulder, right? I uh, I think so, yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. Him and like Francesca Lia Block, who was my favorite author as a teenager. And um who else? I don't know Diana Vreeland. She was the editor of Harper's Bazaar and Vogue and she was just off her head nuts but fabulous. Mm.
0: If you joined the circus what would your job be? <laughs>
1: uh ringmaster? Oh
0: a ringmaster.
1: Mhm.
0: What besides your book obviously what is a must read book?
1: Hmm. Let me think. A book that I read recently that I loved and got through so quickly and was just amazed by its powerfulness was Outrageous Openness by a woman called Tasha Silva. That's a really, really good book.
0: Oh, I have not heard of it, so I'll have to check it out.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like an underground cult favorite, but it's really, really great. Two more questions.
0: Um, what's your favorite meal right now?
1: Hmm. I love salmon, like grilled salmon with um, butternut squash and like green beans or something like that i'm i'm really yeah it's not very exciting but it's delicious still
0: good i love butternut squash Mm. so good and last question if love tasted like a flavor what would it be
1: strawberry ice cream
0: oh that's good Mm -hmm. like real strawberry ice cream with strawberries in it
1: yeah like real strawberry pieces in it
0: so good well yeah. i will have your links on the show notes for this episode 125 but for anyone listening where can they connect with you
1: i am at gala Darling pretty much all across the internet and my website is galadarling.com awesome well thank
0: you so much for coming onto to the podcast this has been so much fun i am glad that we got to to most of my questions because I just had so <laughs> much that I wanted to hear from you personally. So thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. It's so much fun.
0: Everyone, make sure you head on over to the show notes for episode one, two, five, and get her book. If you want to make the absolute most of the book, join the Freedom Lounge because that is the book of the month. We're focusing all on self-love. We have an amazing interview with uh, with Amelia Harvey on there, and there's a coaching call. So much good stuff. We would love to have you in the Freedom Lounge. So head on over there. And if you have not yet signed up for your free course on my website, you can do that, maddiemoon.com. See you guys next week. (laughs)